episode number one of the Fantasy Taproom Podcast. Uh, my name is Matt. Um, hope everybody is doing all right out there. I know times are crazy, um, so let's just let's just push forward and assume that there um, is going to be a fantasy season. Give us all something to look forward to this year. Um, hopefully, give ourselves some sort of semblance of normalcy and. Uh, Talk some fantasy football. Talk some real football. Give us something fun to do, something fun to talk about, something fun to think about, um, instead of all that is wacky in the United States right now. Uh, tonight, what do we have? A new tune, Hazy IPA from Santa Cruz, California Discretion Brewing. Um, Going to be what I'm drinking tonight. If you want to let me know what you're drinking tonight, let me know. Um on my Twitter, sorry, I just made it, give me a second, at Fantasy Taproom, um, let me know on there, let's get together, let's have a little fun, let's talk football, and let's try to do some that'll take our minds off of the insanity that is the United States at the moment. Um, the off season, I know, is, I don't want to say well, I guess boring because there's no football during the off season, but um, there's plenty to talk about. A lot of things change, free agency, the draft, um, all that stuff. Fantasy football tends to change every single year pretty drastically. It's the only sport that does. Uh, it's one of the reasons why it captured my attention so much. Um, so I'm going to do a an initial series here, um, breaking down each division uh, in the NFL and the fantasy um takeaways from each division and do it by kind of grouping. Um, so, you know, quarterbacks, wide receivers, uh, running backs, tight ends and defense and kicker. I do, um, on my website. I don't think there's much to talk about too much there. It's a little more complicated than I'm going to give it credit for on this podcast, but, um, it's, you know, I, depending on your league settings, obviously if you're an IDP league, it's different, but for the most part, we're just going to be talking, uh, the main point producing, positions um in fantasy and uh we're gonna start with the afc east here um starting with the buffalo bills um i will say initially that i am super excited for this team this year Uh, i'm a big josh allen fan um he's wacky to watch play um he probably wouldn't convince you that he puts up great fantasy numbers by watching him but um, he's fun. He's really fun to play. He's really fun to watch. Um, and I think honestly, I know there's been some talk about him in the off season from various sources that he's, uh, um, he's going to be really good. I've even seen articles saying he's an outside shot at the MVP, which I don't know about that, but I do think the Buffalo bills are going to be the best team in that division. I think they're going to win that division. Um, especially with Brady, leaving the Patriots and uh, we'll get to the Patriots in a minute, but really quick, I was initially thinking that it was going to be blatantly obvious that they were just going to fall apart. But with the Cam Newton signing recently, um, I've changed my mind quite a bit on that. We're going to get to that a little bit later, Um, but we're going to start with the Buffalo Bills and then we're going to go through the division, all four teams. Um, And I'm going to give you my thoughts on the players, the players that I think are going to be fantasy relevant this season. Um, obviously it's impossible to predict everything, but based on the last couple of seasons, plus what they've got now, what they did in the off season, um, you know, who they drafted, who they signed, 
what they will continue to do well, their scheme, and all of those good things that have to do with fantasy. Um, and I'm going to go in order of what I think the division is actually going to shake up to be. Um, so real quick, we're going to go the Buffalo Bills, and then we're going to go the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, and then finally the Patriots. Um, I might reorganize that after going over the Patriots. I think I uh, initially was shitting on them too much. I don't think they deserve that kind of crap. Um, so back what I was saying before with Josh Allen. Um, I know he looks crazy. He doesn't look like he's a good fantasy producer, but in the reality of fantasy, he is. Um, the guy's going to run a lot probably. I think this team is going to run a shitload this year. Um, I think Allen... And uh, they got Singletary, who they love. Um, they drafted Zach Moss, who I'm a huge fan of. I think he's the most underrated running back in the class. And then TJ Yeldon, who is... Um, he's never been amazing, but he's competent at both catching and running the ball. Um, so I can see... I think this team's going to run quite a bit. And what that means for Allen is I think he's going to be one of those guys. I think he's probably in for more than 500 yards. Probably maybe 600 yards um, on the ground and probably six touchdowns in the realm of six touchdowns, um, which is a lot for a quarterback on the ground. And it makes up for um, his inadequacy and his accuracy with his throwing, um, which I don't think, I think is going to be different this year. I think he's improved um, the, as so far as he's been in the NFL. He's improved quite a bit since when he was a rookie. Um, and the addition of, of Diggs, Stefan, Stefan Diggs is a huge deal. I don't think that could be understated how big of a deal it is that they, they went out and they got one of the best route runners, one of the fastest guys in the league. Um, he's going to command a lot of targets and I think Allen's going to be able to hit him because I think, um, he hasn't had anybody that caliber quite yet. Uh, we like John Brown. Everybody respects John Brown as a wide receiver. Uh, he's he's awesome. I've long loved him, but Stephen Diggs is a whole nother a whole nother caliber of player, and he's going to be able to get open and he's going to be able to get balls. And I think that if Allen can connect with Diggs a few times a game on those long bombs, I think Allen's going to have the best throwing season um, that he's had in a long time, or not in a long time ever. He's still fairly young and new to the sport, new to uh, the NFL, I should say, not the sport, obviously. Um, but I think if he can connect with Diggs, um, a few long bombs a game, which he's definitely capable of doing with his huge arm guys got like bionic arms, but they forgot to install the laser targeting system. So it's kind of all over the place, but if anybody can make up for that, it's Diggs. And, um, I think Allen is in for a big year, uh, fantasy wise. And I think he's gonna have the best statistical season of his career this year. And I think, uh, for fantasy, I think he's going to be top 10 quarterback. I think you should run out. I think you should draft him as such. Um, it's pretty safe, you know, with the rushing ability. Um, he's going to run a lot. 500 yards, like I said before, that's probably the low end of the estimate. I think he's going to run for more than that, maybe significantly more than that, um, because I think this team as a whole is going to be run first. And I think he's just going to bomb to digs and, uh, and giant smoke, John Brown. I think he's just going to throw bombs down the field and they're going to run a lot. I think is what the basic offense is going to be. Um, he's got the other thing about, I like about him is outside of those two options. He's got other guys he can throw to. 
Um, I call these guys the blue collar group of the NFL. Um, Diggs is elite and the rest of them are like, they're capable, they're tough and they earn it. Um, and they're good enough to support, uh, some, some throwing yards for, uh, for Josh Allen. So I think you can expect Josh Allen to put up the best year that he's had so far. And I don't think he's going to explode every, every week. I don't think he's going to explode all that often, but I think he's going to be very consistent, um, sort of in the upper echelon of of points every, every, every week, like week in and week out. I don't think he's ever going to hurt you. Um, so if you're looking for a quarterback, um, that is going to finish top 10, he's going to score a lot of points. He's probably not going to score the most points. He's probably going to have a couple of weeks where he blows you away. But other than that, he's just going to put up, you know, 20, depending on your scoring settings, obviously, but between 20, 25 points a week would be my guess. So he's going to be really good. Um, and really consistent and consistency is something I personally, I value. So you'll probably hear that as we go on, as I do every team, um, my slant on fantasy, um, I value consistency, um, especially in a position like quarterback, because it's so replaceable that really what you want is a guy who produces, um, good numbers every week is what you, is, is what I, in my opinion, what you should be looking for. Um, other to round out the other quarterbacks, I got Matt Barkley at, at, uh, for backup, and basically, if there comes a time where Matt Barkley has to come into the game, I would drop basically everybody on this team except for Diggs, maybe, um, and the running backs, because I don't think Barkley can support even one receiver. Uh, Diggs is a possibility. It's not that Barkley's horrendous. I just he's just not. He doesn't have the arm of Josh Allen. I think they're going to build the entire offense around Josh Allen and trust that he doesn't get hurt because he's so big and he's so strong and athletic that there's a good chance they can get away with that. He's called, he's kind of like, he's kind of like, I think he's kind of like Cam Newton, um, a young, healthy Cam Newton. And we're going to see if he can perform like that back when Cam was tearing things up uh, in his early days. Um, so moving on to the running backs there. I already mentioned Devin Singletary, uh, TJ Yeldon, and the new guy, Zach Moss, that they drafted. Um, we're going to start with Singletary. He's, I think he's going to start as their guy. Um, he's super fun to watch play. He's exciting. The team likes him. Um, they have good reason to like him. I don't think he's particularly elite in any one category, but he can kind of do everything. Um, it's a kind of weird. He's an interesting guy because he he's 5'7", 203. So that is crazy that's an obese bmi i don't like bmi all that much but to give you an idea of what that would look like that's an that's an obese bmi um he's real short at five seven but he is thick with two c's he's he's got he's buff i mean his arms are the guy's yoked so he's an interesting guy i like his vision i like his uh athleticism i like his the way he approaches the game he wants to win he's a gamer um, watching him play was so fun last season, and I think they're going to start with him as their guy. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be able to hold up to a whole lot of touches, which is why I think as a whole you got to look at this team as like a on a macro level, they're going to run a lot. And I think all these guys are going to have a role to play. I think Singletary is going to have a large role to play. I just don't think he's going to end up being – uh, he might be their RB1, but he's not going to be in fantasy. You don't want to draft him as that. You want to draft him more um, – as a fairly solid RB2. That's what you should be rooting for or going for with him. So he's 
he's good. He's talented. Um, he wants to win. He has a lot of intangibles that are that are awesome that you want a running back. Um, I just don't think he's ever going to be able to be that feature back, um, basically due to his size. He could be. I can't. I, to be honest with you, I don't know who's going to be the goal line guy. My guess would be Zach Moss, um, which is why one of the reasons I'm super excited about him. Um, I think he's. I think if there is going to be a feature back this season, it'll end up being him. Um, he's not getting talked about a whole lot right now, um, but he was drafted late, later than he probably should have been because of his forty time. Um, was a lot slower than people were expecting. I think it was four point six five. Um, but the guy, the guy's highlights in his uh, college tape. The guy has a knack for the end zone. He's way bigger. He's five nine, listed at two twenty three, um, which is still a little bit short. But that's 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 pretty big. Uh, that's I think that's close to Mark Ingram's size. So he he if there's going to be a feature back on this team. Um, I think it's going to be Zach Moss. I don't know if it'll be this year, uh, but I do think those will be the two main guys. And then I think, um, like I was saying before, Josh Allen is going to is going to run as well. So I think between those three guys, um, they're going to be running quite a bit. I think they're going to be a very, very run-heavy team. Um, with Singletary, he had, I believe he had 180 touches last year. Um I could see a little bit of an increase only because I think they're going to be a much better offense um, than they were last year. So I can see him with somewhere maybe 215 at the most. Um, And then maybe, mm, it's hard to guess. I hate predicting actual numbers. I don't think, I mean, they belong in football, obviously, but really football is more about what the team's trying to do, in my opinion. But Zach Moss will probably get close to that, I think. and then TJ Yeldon is probably not a guy you're going to want on your team. Um, but as for what the team is going to do, he can kind of do both roles. I mean, he can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He's good enough at either one to be able to play both of these guys' roles. Not that I think Singletary is going to be relegated to only being a pass catcher, but I think he's going to be more of that uh, sort of playmaker. Um, and I think Zach Moss is going to be relied a lot more to move the chains um, to tough it out, to get the hard yards and to be the goal line guy. And I think eventually Zach Moss's talent and size, I think he's going to rise to the top. I really think that by the end of this year, you might see Zach Moss commanding most of the touches there with Singletary being the, uh, change of pace guy, not necessarily only catching passes or third down, but you know, when they need to change the offense, they'll probably have a whole different scheme with Singletary on the field than they would with Zach Moss on the field. Um, but I think they're going to get comfortable with this guy. And I think he's being undervalued and you can get Zach Moss pretty late, I think in drafts right now. Um, so I would, I mean, I think he's going to be a stud. I really do. Just based on his college tape, based on the fact that he was drafted later than he probably should have been. I think the bills wanted him specifically. Um, you should keep your eye on him and you can get him pretty late and take a chance on him when you're already pretty much set at running back. And you might end up with a guy that you can either trade later, um, or that'll be a great feeling if one of you guys gets hurt or maybe he'll just be better than a lot of guys you got on the bench. Um, and the receivers for this team, um, we already mentioned Stefan Diggs and John Brown, who I love both of those guys. Um, the other guy who I think will be fantasy relevant, particularly if you're in a PPR league, is Cole Beasley. Um, I love how this guy plays. He's tough. He is. Uh, he he's gritty. He catch. You know, he does what he can. He's a short yardage specialist, and he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. Um, but he 
had a lot of targets last year, and and he's kind of a I don't want to say safety blanket because I don't think they rely on him like that, but they definitely use him um, in a pinch. So, you know, Allen will look for him near near the line of scrimmage, and he's gonna ca- he's probably gonna catch a lot of passes. Um, so he'll be pretty valuable, like maybe a high end wide receiver three, possibly wide receiver two, um, if they throw that much more. I just don't think this team's gonna throw enough to keep Diggs, Brown, and him all. Um, all relevant in fantasy, especially with the tight ends as well. We're going to get to them in a minute, but um, Beasley, I think this season you could probably get him almost for free at this point. And if you play in a PPR league, full PPR league, you he's someone you probably want to draft. Um, as a late pick, he's a, he's a good call. Uh, but the two main guys you want to focus on this year for Buffalo are Stefan Diggs and John Brown. Um like I said before, he is hands down the best receiver that they they have at this point. The guy's an absolute stud and a legit number one. Um, he's one of the best route runners in the NFL, and he's got soft hands and he wants the ball. I mean, I, I remember last year I think with Cousins they were they were he was all mad at him because he just couldn't get him the ball, and uh, I don't blame him. I mean, he put up to give you an idea what this guy is capable of. He put up 1,120 yards on 63 catches last year. Um, and he only had 94 targets. So to compare that to John Brown of last year, John Brown had 116 targets with 72 receptions. He ended up with 1,060 yards. So Diggs coming in and being the new number one guy, I think he's in for at least that many targets that Brown got last year, probably more, um, just because he's a little bit more dynamic than Brown. I like Brown. Uh, a whole lot. This isn't a, this isn't to say that he's not a legit wide receiver one, but it's just Diggs is one of those guys that he's the guy. He's the guy. I mean, he's they're gonna want to put the ball in his hands um, as much as they can. So I want Diggs everywhere I can get him right now. Um, I think he's probably fairly valued. I don't know where he's going right now. I don't do mock drafts or anything, but he you can if you can get him um, after maybe your first or second receiver pick he's i think he's going to be somebody that'll that'll surprise a lot of people um basically the combination of him and brown are going to give Allen a much higher ceiling than i think he had last year because he's just going to have he's going to have two legit options that can get open uh that are fast that can outrun guys who are going to he's just he's in my opinion he's always going to have an option right he's going to when he looks, when he reads the field, he's going to have one of these. Guys. One of these guys will probably be open, um, and I think he's. I think he's going to improve enough to be able to get them the ball. So I think they're going to. They're throwing. I don't think it's going to be super high volume, but I think it'll be um, impactful for the team. And you're going to want at least one of these guys. I think Diggs is the main guy you're going to want, but John Brown is a legit wide receiver too uh, for this coming season, in my opinion. Um, they're both going to be great. I think they're both going to put up some numbers. Um, I think they're going to put up most of the receiving numbers on the team. That's why I like Beasley, but I, I don't worry about him unless you play in a PPR and even then draft him. You know, don't worry about drafting until kind of late. I think all the receiving work is essentially going to go to Diggs and Brown. Um, at tight end, uh, Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft um, are both interesting guys. I know Croft got literally, I didn't see anything about him last season. Um, but he's, he's graded out as pretty, he's a pretty good 
blocker and also a good pass catcher when the, given the chance. Um, I think Dawson Knox, I think it's his job to lose. I think he's going to be the primary tight end, but I think Croft was brought in um, again. They specifically wanted him. He's one of those guys where I think the team specifically wanted Tyler Croft, not necessarily just a tight end. And I think he could, he might surprise people. So you don't even need to worry about drafting him. He's going to go undrafted, I think. Um, but keep your eye on him as the season progresses on. And you might want to uh, add him later on if he starts to look like he's a big part of that offense. Dawson Knox, probably the same. He might, he might be drafted later on. Um, but you can get away with waiting for waivers for him um, probably as well. I don't think he's going to have a huge year, especially in the beginning. Um, so you can uh, – both of these guys, they're not like must-gets. Like I said, I think most of the receiving work on this team is going to go to uh, the two big wide receivers in Stephen Diggs and John Brown. Um, but Dawson Knox is an interesting guy this year. Um, if there's going to be a third – uh, pass catcher, which I don't really see happening. It'll probably be him. Um, but like I said, keep your eye on Croft um, as the season progresses. Uh, their defense, um, it's an it's an elite it's elite level defense. They um, they added a couple guys and they kept all the guys that made their defense elite last year. So I only see this defense continuing to do what they did last year. And when it comes to fantasy, my philosophy on defense is as long as you can get one of the better defenses in the league. I think it's worth grabbing them and then just putting them on in your lineup and just leaving them there the whole year and don't even worry. Just roll with the punches. Um, it's it's going to, you know, your mileage will vary depending on your league settings, but for the most part, you're going to want, this is one of the defenses you're going to want. I mean, maybe very late, third to last, second to last pick of your draft, they're worth grabbing um, and then just putting them in there and then you just got to worry about covering their, their bye week and I think... Um, They'll, they'll help you out more than they'll hurt you. Um, all right. Next team is the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think... Uh, so, I think this is the most exciting team in this division this year. Only because last year, they were just so fun to watch. Because you could tell that they were just tired of being set up to lose towards the end of the year. Um, Fitzpatrick wanted to win. He's just laying it all out there. I mean, I never seen him run before that much. And he ran like crazy at 36 years old. He was just running, hucking the ball down the field. Like he looked, he's exciting. You know, he's exciting. I'm not saying he's good, but he's exciting. And him, um, combined with Devonte Parker and potentially Preston Williams, um, in my opinion, one of those two receivers is going to end up being pretty valuable. Um, I think one of those receivers is going to have a good year. I'm not totally sure which one it's going to be. Um, that doesn't mean Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to have a great year. I, I definitely don't recommend drafting him. Um, but he's going to keep the team exciting. If you like watching exciting football, watch the watch the Dolphins this year. It's going to be every game's probably going to be wild. If he starts the season like he finished it last year, um, it's going to be fun to watch. Um I think the biggest thing that this team did is they went out and they fixed the gaping hole at running back that they had last year. I mean, they just had nobody that could fill the role. And they went out and they added Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, um, which I think is super interesting move on their part. And I think it shows a complete shift in 
their philosophy. Um, they needed a running back really bad, and they went out and got two guys that I think go really, really well together. Um, so we'll get to them in a minute. I'm going to go in order just like I did with the Bills here, but uh, just giving you a basic rundown. And then um, obviously they drafted Tua. The guy is awesome. Um, he probably will end up being the starter at some point uh, this season is my honest take on it. That's also one of the reasons I wouldn't recommend drafting Fitzpatrick. And it's also a reason I wouldn't recommend drafting uh, Tua unless you are in um, some kind of like dynasty or like pseudo dynasty league where you're going to be able to keep him at the end of the year and you have an extra bench spot. Um, otherwise, he's just not probably going to help you in fantasy this season unless it's late and your quarterback gets hurt and you can snag him or you can trade for him late or um, something along those lines. But I wouldn't I wouldn't draft either one of these guys. Um, you can use Fitzpatrick as a plug in if he's pace if he's facing um a poor defense in one week and you need it, you're that desperate at quarterback. He's not bad. I mean, he's not he's not gonna light it up, but the guy um the last five games of the season last year, he he lit it up actually pretty damn good. So uh you could take him, you know, off waivers in a pinch if you need him, but I wouldn't like I said, I wouldn't recommend drafting either one of these guys this year unless you've got a bench spot for Tua that you can um, hold on to him and kind of just see what happens. I think he will eventually start the season, and I think he's got a good shot at being their guy so long as his hip is uh, is healed. I know he had a massive hip problem. So um, anyway, moving on to the running backs, Jordan Howard. I want to talk about him for a minute. I think this guy is in real-life football. This guy just does his job. Um, you're never going to watch him play and, and think he's super fast or super amazing or, you know, super athletic. Um, but the guy's a professional. I found a stat that said um, he's had 3,895 rushing yards in his first uh, four seasons. And the only two running backs ahead of him are Zeke Elliott and Todd Gurley during that span. Um, so the guy does his job. You know, he moves the ball forward and that's just what he does. He doesn't catch a lot of passes. Um, he doesn't get huge chunks of yards, but he is someone that the team is going to be able to rely on, and I think they're going to rely on him. I think that's why they brought him in. I think he's going to be the guy who takes the most handoffs. I think he's going to be their guy that's out there. Um, I think the only two running backs that are going to be valuable on this team are him and Brita this year, and I think he's going to be the most valuable one only because there's just nothing behind either one of them. He doesn't get hurt very often. He's super tough. And um, he could he's going to be an – I think he's going to in for a 300-carry season. Um, I think that's well within the realm of possibility. And he's going to get probably all the goal line work. And he's going to be their guy when they need to run the clock out. He's going to be their guy to move the ball when they need to move the ball. Um, so I think – as a as an RB two, you he's, I think he's a solid RB two, and I think he there's outside potential um, that he could be an RB one for you. I don't, I'm not making that definitive claim, but I'm saying don't forget about this guy. If he's there in the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, and you're looking for a running back still, a lot of people are going to pass him up probably, and you can probably get him. And I think he's easily going to put up an RB two season. Um, I could see him with 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns easy um i think they're gonna rely on them that much and so long as this team 
steps up a little bit from last year, he, he will be um, one of the biggest beneficiaries of that. Um, and then Matt Breida is also uh, a guy they picked up who I think is really interesting. Um, I hate it. I hate saying this, but the guy earned my respect over the course of the last few seasons when he was with uh, San Francisco, um, only because I was a big Raiders fan. So I hated the Niners, but he he proved he can do it. The guy's he's exciting. His vision is awesome. He's super quick, and his acceleration is is great. Um, the guy can move, and the guy can play. The guy can play running back. Only thing is, he is slow to get off the field all the time, and he's constantly hurt and i think that's why they went out and got jordan howard because i think that's the main thing they were trying to stop from happening i think they got howard for the specific purpose of locking down that role so they don't have to worry about it anymore and i think they got brita to be sort of the uh lightning to howard's thunder and i think he's going to come in and he's going to be their their playmaker you know they're going to change up the look of the offense with him uh maybe in a hurry up time they might use him uh in the red zone um, to change up the look of the field. They might put them both back there. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. I'm really interested in this in this running duo. To be completely honest with you, I don't know if the Miami offensive line is going to do them any favors, but I think if their plan goes according to plan, if the, if, the, if Miami is able to put their plan in action, which I think they're going to run a lot, I don't think, I don't know why else they wouldn't go out and get these two guys specifically unless they were planning on doing that. Um, I think you're looking at Howard being a solid RB2 with maybe RB1 upside. And I think Brita um, is probably looking at being one of those flex guys in a good line in a good matchup. Um, as we watch him play, he'll put up some big, he'll put up some big games this season. Um, it's going to probably be hard to predict them, but I think he's going to be, he's one of their big playmakers. Um, you look at this roster. I mean, he's one of the most exciting guys on the team. So those guys typically get the ball. Um, so I guess before we go on, I know I'm not mentioning a whole lot of stats and numbers. Um, I will eventually get to that, uh, after the preseason series is over. Uh, but this is sort of just a macro look at what I think the teams are going to look like. And then we can get in the nitty gritty later on as we get closer to the season. Um, you know, depending on how the news shakes out and what's going on in the league. But basically the way I approach football in the off season is kind of like, I'm trying to get an idea of the scheme of what each team is trying to do, who they brought in to do that, and is that how feasible is it? And in this case, I think these this team with such a need at running back went out and got two pretty quality running backs, um, and I think they're going to use them. I don't think they went out and got them because they're going to plan on passing a bunch. I think they're going to rely a lot more on the run, um, especially in the beginning of the year when they got Fitzpatrick back there. They don't want – I mean, he's – like I said, he's – Fun to watch. It's fun to watch him sling the fucking ball on almost every play, but he's uh he's not the answer long term, right? And and so I think they're gonna rely on running backs. I think they're gonna try to slow it down a little bit and be able to move the ball more um when they want to, instead of just you know, basically snapping it and seeing what happens every play. They're gonna try to inst- instill their game plan on other teams which is something they were not able to do last season, and I think that's why they went out and got these guys. I think they're going to run a whole lot, and I think these guys are both underrated going into fantasy this season. Um, All right, as far as pass catchers go, I think with Fitzpatrick back there, you're going to either see, it's going to be, I think uh, Gesicki, the tight end, Mike Gesicki, is going to be one of the guys who's most valuable 
on this team. Um, and he's going to be paired with one of either Devontae Parker or Preston Williams. I'm not totally sure which one of those receivers it'll be. But Parker and Fitzpatrick did seem to have um, some – they gelled pretty well last year, it seems like. And I know I know with Devontae Parker, it's so hard – because we waited so long for this and now we saw it and then it's like, is it real or did he just have one of those? Was he just the guy during that time? Um, in my opinion, I think once they break out like that, as long as Fitzpatrick is is the quarterback, I think Parker's the guy to own on this team. I don't know if he can be putting up wide receiver one numbers like he did you know, in the last few games of their season last year. Um, he's capable, obviously. We just saw him do it. But he's a risky pick. Only if you're gonna pick him for that, he's he's risky because we've seen him fail far more often than we've seen him succeed. And I love the guy. And I'm a, I'm a fan. I, he's a gamer. He obviously wants to win. I mean, he just plays rough. Like watching his highlights from last season, he makes tough catches. He gets in guys' faces. He, you know, he's he's fun to watch and he's tough. And he, I think, I think the team giving him the role of being their guy sort of made him want to be their guy, if that makes any sense. Like he play, he shared with uh, Jarvis Landry for so many years that they were trying to make Landry their guy, right? And I think that Parker is the kind of player where he wants to just be the guy. Um, like he wants to be the big dog on the team. He wants to go out there and flex, and he wants to show the world what he can do. And in order for good players like that to succeed, you got to let them do that. And I think they're going to let him do that again, at least to see if he can keep doing it this season. Um, but I will say before that, we're going to Preston Williams, I believe, was the target leader on their team up until he got hurt and tore his ACL last year. Um, so it kind of complicates which one of these guys I think is going to end up being the, the their big wide receiver. Uh, it, I don't really see them sharing. I don't think it's one of those situations where one is going to hurt the other because I don't think there's enough all-around talent on the team for both of them to be able to succeed on any level. So I think they're really going to funnel through one main guy. Um, and picking who that's going to be is going to be tough. I think you can probably get Williams way later. So if you're that kind of draft strategist where um, you're going to let somebody else take Parker, even though he you know looked like a beast last year, and you're going to get Williams three or four rounds later because no one's taken him, I think that's a smart move because I think he has just as much of a chance to be the guy in Miami than Parker does. Um, and the main thing to keep in mind when I'm saying this, when it comes to the wide receivers on this team, is uh, neither one of these. I mean, Parker did it last season for a few games, but I don't think over the course of an entire season, I don't think either one of them is going to put up mind-boggling numbers. I don't think they're going to, with the combination of a rookie um quarterback who's going to eventually take over in the middle of the season, which is my guess. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick, I just don't see either one of these guys being a super stud this season. Um, valuable, obviously, like most, you know, they're all, they're going to be out there almost every play, probably both of them. So I can see one of them taking off. I can see one of them playing as a wide receiver two, a solid wide receiver two. you know, Parker's got the potential. We saw him do wide receiver one numbers last season. Um, you could do worse than Parker as your second or third guy. Definitely as your third guy. That's where I would try to grab him. I'd grab him as a third receiver and hope that he has an amazing season would be my strategy on him. 
And then Williams, I might even try to grab as a fourth receiver, depending on your league, maybe even fifth. Um, depending on what kind of league you play in, he might not be available at that point. But if you can get him that late, he's kind of one of the perfect guys for that because um, he may just come out of nowhere and dominate the touch, dominate the catches in, uh, in, in Miami. And then, like I said, Mike Gesicki, I think he showed some some promise last year. The guy is he's big. He's strong. He's fast. He's athletic. Um, they used him a lot, and I think I don't know if, like I said, there's enough passing to go around. But I think it's going to be one of those two receivers, Williams or Parker, and then Gesicki's going to get what's left. He, I mean, he could push. Well, I won't say that. That's too crazy. But he's going to catch a lot of passes this year. Um, I think they're going to. He's going to be more. He's going to be included in the offense a lot more. Um, he's kind of a wild card pick because we don't know what this team's going to look like, and I don't want to rely on the Dolphins. I think they're going to surprise a whole lot of people. I think they've been bad for so long that no one's going to really want any of these guys during your draft. But in my opinion, if you can get Gesicki, he can play as your tight end. You could do a lot worse than him. Um, he'll put up fine. I think he's going to have a fine numbers. I think he'll be a top 12 tight end probably. Um, I don't like making this argument all the time, but only because it's he's by far one of the best pass catchers they've got on this team, and he's going to be probably one of the reception leaders. Um, and he showed that he can handle it, and then he's he's got some talent behind him. Um, so you could do worse than him. All right, moving on. Excuse me. We're going to talk about the New York Jets. Um, in the offseason, I guess we're going to start. I'll start a little bit out of order this one because I think this is the big question most people have um, is Le'Veon Bell. And before I get into him a little bit, there's a big um, takeaway that I've noticed this offseason with the Jets that people aren't, uh, I'm not seeing very much right now being discussed is they completely overhauled their offensive line. I think they signed four offensive linemen uh, from free agency. They drafted two and I think they traded for one. And uh, I think they are, I think they really noticed that that lack of an offensive line last season was kind of the biggest impediment to their success. Um, They didn't put up great numbers last year. Obviously they were one of the more pathetic teams, but I think the bad, you know, the horrible offensive line was the main reason for all of it. And um, they possibly turned it around quite a bit this, this season. Um, Even if it's, even if it's fifty percent better than it was last year, they're 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 going to at least be able to compete, right, on a game to game game basis. Um, but back to Le'Veon Bell, that's one of the big reasons I believe that he's going to be a pretty solid RB two this season, and I think he's definitely has a back end chance at RB one production. I think people are way too fast to move on him. I know he didn't impress anybody last season. Um, I think he finished. What was it 19th in a lot of leagues somewhere right around there um which for him is by far his worst season and in my opinion the things that make Le'Veon Bell that make him Le'Veon Bell are his vision his patience um and his ability to catch the ball which all of those things are not things that degrade over time right like when when running backs age or they take time off or whatever it is, their explosiveness and maybe their strength, you know, just it degrades as an athlete because they take such a beating. It's just of what happens to people. And 
he does rely on his speed, but a lot of times he relies on his his patience and his vision, which aren't really going anywhere. So, so to me, if they did the amount of work they needed to do on that offensive line to to give him a better chance, um, I think he's going to be a top twelve running back. I really do. I think he's going to come back this year. I think he's going to bounce back pretty hard, um, and I think you're going to want him on your team. I think the Jets overall are going to uh, compete a lot better than they did last season. Um, I think this is an improved team from the offseason. And to me, especially with Bell, it just screams that they're going to give him as mu- at least as much work as they did last season. He had, let's see, 311 touches overall last season. And I don't see why he wouldn't get somewhere in that vicinity again. Um, and in fantasy, I think the biggest thing in fantasy is opportunity. And when opportunity and talent combine, that's when you get big fantasy years. And I think with Le'Veon Bell, I think he's got a year or two left in him to be, I don't want to use the word elite, but high level. I think he's got a, I think he's got a year or two left in him to be, you know, look like he, we expect him, we've seen him look before. Um, and this year he very well may, he very well may turn it around this season, uh, which you're going to want him. I think you're going to want him on your team. And again, he's going pretty late. You can get him. Um, well, I mean, I've heard he's going pretty late. You can, you can, if you can get him in the third round, I don't know if he'll make it that far, but he's, he's a good, he's a, he's a decent choice. I really don't think he's, um, he's going to do better than I think a lot of people are giving him credit for. And that's, I'm going to put my flag on that one. I think that's, uh, I'll die on that hill this season, I guess, um, that he will do much better than he did last year. Um, the other reason I think that is they really didn't bring anybody else in there to compete with him. Uh, they, I mean, they signed Frank Gore, who, I mean, seriously, like, I respect him, but fuck. Like, you're going to bring in Frank Gore as your backup running back. The guy is, I think, 36 or 37 now, and he's, he's the man. I mean, he's always done his job. He's awesome, but you've got to think between, the two, between Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore – this season that bell is going to just mop up touches. And I don't think there's, I don't think there's any reason to think he's not going to. So you're going to have a guy who has a much improved offensive line in front of him. A guy whose skill set that separates him from the pack is probably still there. And a guy who shook off a lot of ring rust last year by coming back after taking a whole year off. Um, I think he's just going to look a lot. He's, he's going to look a lot more like he did um, before and not like he did last year. I think last year was just a tough year all around for New York. And this year, I think they're going to turn it around um, a little bit. I think they're going to be a crazy winning team. I'm not saying they're going to win the division. I'm not saying they're going to go super far. But we, I think we're going to see some distinct uh, progress in New York this season, even though I hate Adam Gase. I think he's the worst coach in the game. Um, I think he's the biggest problem on the team, to be honest with you. And I know he doesn't like um, – I know he doesn't like Le'Veon Bell, but – I don't see, there's just no, on paper, I'm looking at it right now, there's just, I don't see how it couldn't be Bell. I just, they're not going to give Frank Gore that many touches. I don't think he can hold up for that many. Um, He'll play a role, obviously he'll play a role, but it's just, I would, I'm just, I've heard a lot of talk about Bell being over or people not wanting him on their team, but I think that's, I think you got to give him another year or two. Uh, You know, I think we just got to prove it. So uh, we'll go next to Sam Darnold. 
Um, poor guy had mono last season, and they wouldn't let him play for a while because they thought his spleen was going to explode if he got hit. Uh, so it's pretty dangerous for him. Um, he's okay. He came back. He's I guess he's fine now. And uh, he is an interesting one to me. Again, I'm going to start this by saying don't run out and draft this guy. I don't think it's necessary. Um, you shouldn't be counting on him even maybe – Maybe if you're going to, in a two quarterback league and you're going to wait till the very end to get your second guy or very late to get your second guy, you, he might be worth a shot. Um, but other than that, I would just I would take a wait and see approach on him and just see what happens with him. Um, we'll see how much they are able to do um, with Darnold back there. I don't think he's the problem. I just part of me looks at this team as long as he's been on it, and I don't really see that many guys that he's ever really had to throw to. Um, and to extrapolate on that, why I think he might turn it around a little bit this season and why I'm saying the Jets are going to play a little bit better overall is I think he's got Herndon now back, who the team just gushes about him all the time. They love him, and Herndon seems to be a beast. He had a pretty – he was having a great uh, rookie season before he got hurt. So I think we're going to see him uh, be able to come in and actually play for the first time this season as so long as he stays healthy. And – they went out and they brought in Brashad Perryman, who um, is interesting. We'll get to him in a minute. I don't think he's – well, we'll get to him in a minute. And then they have also they also went and went out and drafted uh, Denzel Mims, who I'm excited for, and combined that with Jameson Crowder. And you're looking at, you know, at least a capable group of, of wide receivers. You're looking at a group of guys who – this might be one of the better squads that's been in front of Sam Darnold so far in his short career, um, which is saying a lot for him. So he's going to have a chance um, to prove that he belongs to be their starter, I think. And it, it's interesting. They're they're an interesting team. I don't think they're going to be a, a very big fantasy producer, um, but he's – He's worth watching, and I think that if he has a decent season this year, it'll be a lot to talk about. I think next season, if they're able to get somebody more exciting. But uh, for now, we're talking about 2020, and if we're going to talk about Sam Darnold, I wait and see is the best approach for him as well. You're going to want to, like I said, maybe in the two-quarterback league, maybe um, if you're really hurting and he's doing well or he's at least being consistent, you can grab him probably for free off of waivers. I don't see anybody carrying him. Um, he's one to keep your eye on if you need help later on and he's playing all right. Um, the only other guy they brought in Joe Flacco. Um, just don't even worry about that. Don't if, even if it drops on a Joe Flacco, just don't even just ignore the fact that Joe Flacco's on the team. And if he does have to come in, um, if Darnold gets hurt again and Flacco comes in, don't play your jets. I don't, you're probably not going to have a whole lot of jets, but the only one I would consider playing still is Le'Veon Bell. Um, I think he's kind of one of the plug-in guys and just see what happens. Um, okay, moving on to the pass catchers on the team. Like I said, uh, we're going to start with the guy who I think is going to be most consistent. Um, and in, in a PPR league, I think you want him on your team is a guy, Jamison Crowder. Um, he's a stud. The guy is a stud. It's just that he's um, not an outside receiver. He's not. He doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. I think he had 20 end zone or red zone targets in his whole career up to this point. He's not um, a touchdown guy, but I do think he's been Darnold's number one. Um, 
he's been Darnold's number one target. I think that'll continue this season. I think um, they were a pretty good team last last season. And I think Crowder will be honestly a steal in a PPR league as your second guy. Um, he's going to get a lot of targets. I think he's going to catch a lot of balls. I just don't know as far as non-PPR. I don't know if he's going to be able to turn that into much. Um, he catches a lot of balls, but he just doesn't really take it downfield that much. His, you know, catching it, his run after the catch is, is not fantastic. And he just, um, he's a tough guy. He's got great hands and he's going to be relied on. And he's proved time and time again that he's super valuable to the team. And I think Darnold will probably target him. He might lead the team in targets towards the end of the season. Um, but outside of a PPR league, you probably don't want to draft him until later on. Um, but I do think he probably is going to end up being the most valuable receiver on the team unless the other two guys do what I th- think they're able to do. They have the ability to do it. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it on the Jets. Um, we'll see. The other guy, um, the next guy we're going to talk about is Denzel Mims, who I'm really excited for. I think he was a really great grab by the Jets. Um He's big. He's gritty. He wants the ball. All of his draft profile describes him as alpha. The guy um, is a gamer. He's a baller. He wants to compete. And I think if he can form some sort of chemistry with Darnold, this could be the duo in New York uh, going into the future. I think he's he's got a possibility to be their number one wide receiver, Denzel Mims does, um, so long as he's able to run the routes they need him to run and um he's raw he's pretty raw talent um but he's big he's athletic he's strong and he wants it and i like that in a rookie um and we'll see if darnold's able to get him the ball and if he's able to get open and work with within their system um to see if he can be a big producer i don't think he's gonna be a, i don't think any of these guys are gonna be a big producer but on a macro level I can see there's probably it's it's either going to be Denzel Mims or or Brashad Perryman that end up being the wide receiver one in in uh, for the Jets, um, but I don't know how valuable that position is going to end up being. It's the only the only thing, especially this year. So I don't know. Like it's like having you know you you can run out like if Perryman puts up you know he, he's their guy. I don't know if having New York's number one receiver is going to be all that great. Um, but we'll talk about Perryman next. Um, I think they went out and got him um, on – he's one of those guys they specifically targeted, I think. It's very interesting. Um, Joe Douglas, the GM, and Chad Alexander, the director of player personnel that are with the Jets now, um, which I'm assuming they have a role in going out and getting players in the offseason. They were with the Ravens when the Ravens drafted Brashad Perryman in the first round um, in 2015. And I think they might have had a say in that as well. And I think they wanted him specifically because – Last year, I guess you could say he, you know, broke out um, towards the end with Tampa Bay. And the only thing with Tampa Bay is, you know, you have Jameis Winston who just hikes the ball and just throws it up in the air and hopes one of his guys catches it. And there's just so many yards to go around and through the air in Tampa Bay last season that I think it's kind of hard to draw on what, you know, what Perryman's numbers might look like had he been on a different team right so in his let's see last three games it looks like um on six targets he put up 113 yards and three let's see here yeah his last 
three games. 113 targets and three touchdowns, 102 targets and no touchdowns, and 134, uh, I'm sorry, yards and one touchdown. Those were all yards. Um, that's a lot. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I said that wrong. 113 yards and three touchdowns, then 102 yards and no touchdown, and 134 yards and one touchdown. Um in his last three games. Those are big numbers. That those that's big dog wide receiver shit there. But I don't know if he's going to be able to do that again because basically up to that point he barely he's never done anything. So the big question is can he go to a different team and do that same thing on a weekly basis? Not these kind of numbers obviously, but with this level of targets, I think it was 6 targets, 12 targets and 8 targets uh, respectively. If he's able to put up anything remotely like that, um, he might have a good year. And he's an interesting guy that you can probably get for free or at the very end of your drafts. I don't think he's, I don't think anybody's taking him. But I do think, I mean, I get like he's way big. He's got the, he's prototypical wide receiver one, um, big, strong guy, athletic guy. Um, and you saw uh, Robbie Anderson last year play the downfield role for them. And he had a pretty decent season. And I think Perryman can at least do that. Um, you know, uh, assuming he's got it figured out and he's going to play like this, it's kind of like Devontae Parker, right? Are we going to, is he going to be able to do it or is, is it, you know, smoke and mirrors? Um, it's a gamble to take him, but there's definitely potential there for him, um, that you should consider looking into late in the draft. I don't, I think, um, he can explode and if they end up trusting him, like I think they're going to. I mean, their coaching staff seems to like him if they followed him through the season and they wanted him back on their team. Um, he's an interesting guy. I would say keep your eye on him um, as the season progresses and either get him early on. If he, if he has a good game early in the season, get him. I think that's a good sign. Um, or if not, if you're looking for just a flyer at the end of your at the end of your draft, he's the guy. I think he's a guy you can take as a flyer. Um, he's interesting. He's very interesting this season. And then um, the other guy was was Chris Herndon. Um, big hype all around the Jets for him for the past, what, two years, three years. Um, they're saying he's the guy. They're saying he's the key to the offense. They're saying um, all these great things about him. Um, can he stay healthy is the big thing. And, you know, how much of that is talk and how much of that is do they really believe that. Um, I, I will say I think he's got a legit chance at leading the Jets in targets. Um, kind of think about like Darren Waller from last season, like same idea. He's got, he's big, he's strong, he's athletic. And um, out of all the guys I mentioned, I think he's got just as much a chance to be the, you know, the reception, the target leader, possibly the reception leader on this team. Um, and he'll be valuable, especially in the tight end. I mean, he's got, if they use him, like they say they're going to use him, I could see him finishing as a top eight tight end um, pretty easily. But if you, I mean, I wouldn't reach for him, but I would take him in the middle, possibly like late middle of drafts to lock him up. I think he's, if nothing else, they're going to give him the chance to prove he, he, he should, you know, live up to all this hype. Um, you're going to want him on your team if that's the case, that they do give him that chance. Um, and as far as, their defense will be better as far as their defense goes. It'll be better, but this is not a fantasy. Um, this is not a defense. This is just a wait and see kind of defense. I wouldn't go out and get them. Um, and then, uh, yeah, moving on. We will see the Patriots. 
Uh, moving on to Patriots. Okay, so I originally started to write my article about the Patriots, uh, which you can find on my website, uh, fantasytaproom.com. I wrote, I'm going to write an article for every single team um, and then do a podcast for every single division, basically talking about my thoughts on all the teams, and you can look more in-depth at each team um, on my website. That's uh, thefantasytaproom.com um, if you're interested. So when I first started looking at them, their quarterbacks were Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. Um, so to me, when I looked at that and I'm looking at their receiving core, they're looking at a 34-year-old Edelman who I love, I respect the guy. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, the same. I love him, I respect him, but I mean, this is not an all-star cast of receivers in their prime right now. So I was initially going to take a big old shit on this team, but... Uh, re-looking at it, especially after they signed Cam Newton, which I think is is such a big deal. I think people are so not taking that seriously enough. I think that's a crazy thing that this team was able to pull that out and get Cam Newton on their team. If Cam Newton's healthy, Cam Newton is a potential QB1 um, that you can probably get at the end of the draft. Like, you can probably... You can you wait all the way till the draft is over. Probably you can probably get him off waivers. Even I mean, you could probably get him super super late. And if he ends up being the starter, and if they give him the chances that he's um, proven time and time again that he can take advantage of, he's going to have a big season, and he's going to be the quarterback of the New England Patriots. And I think they are going to revamp. To me, I'm looking at their team, and I'm thinking they're going to revamp their. Uh, they're going to revamp their whole offense for him. They're going to play around his strength, uh, around his skill set. And I think they did it again. I think they proved again why they're one of the best um, teams in all sports, like one of the, the greatest teams in all sports. This is a brilliant move by them because they're giving a guy who's won the MVP, who has showed he's a gamer, who showed he's a baller, who showed so much talent, um, a chance to prove himself at a time when he, he needs a chance to prove himself. So I think it's one of those situations um, where he's going to come in and I think he they're going to completely change the way they do things. And I think um, Cam's going to have potentially a huge year. I mean, as recently as 2017, see, he threw for 3,300 yards, 22 touchdowns, and he ran for another 754 yards and another four touchdowns. So... You're looking at 4,056 yards and a combined 26 touchdowns uh, with Carolina in 2017. That's his most recent, in my opinion, healthy season. I don't think he was fully healthy in 18, and then he got jacked up on that hit on his shoulder, and then his foot gave out on him, and I don't think he's been healthy since. But if he is back to health, um, they got an absolute steal at a million-dollar contract for Cam Newton. Absolute steal for a guy who's won the MVP. I mean, it's crazy. It's like it completely changes the dynamic of this entire team, in my opinion. Um, he fits well in in. We've seen them use a system like this. Um, I think with Jacoby Brissett, they had him run quite a bit, and Cam is one of the best, or he was one of the best running quarterbacks in the league as recently as 2017. So, if his foot is able to hold up, or his, uh, you know, he's going to be okay, then man, he is going to be an absolute steal late in drafts if you can get him. Um, and he kind of changes the dynamic of the rest of this team, in my opinion. Um, looking at their uh, depth chart right now, it's just on paper, right? Their offense, 
Um, it's not super impressive, but it, you know, they, oh man, with Cam back there, I took a, a deeper look and we're going to talk about this in a little bit here. So my take on Cam Newton, if he's indeed healthy, if he is indeed the starter, uh, he might not be the starter week one, but I think he, I don't think it'll be later than two or three that he will become the starter. Um, unless Stidham just goes in there and absolutely blows up, but I just don't see that happening. He's just a total unknown. He, he had all, but I think four passes last season or the season before that. So it's just, we don't know anything about him, but we do know what Cam Newton is. And I think that, I think that if they give him the chance that he, in my opinion, deserves to have to be their guy, I think he's going to absolutely take advantage of it. And we're going to see Superman again. Um, and it's going to be awesome. And looking at his passing, right, it's a big thing. So his running is great. We all know he's a great runner. And I think the Patriots, with one, they're going to have one of the best lines in football again. They're going to have one of the best defenses in football again. So they're going to be a run first. They're just going to run it down your throat, and they're going to stop you with an elite defense. I think it's going to be their strategy. Um, and as far as passing, um. Cam is perfectly capable of hooking up with a guy like Nikhil Harry, Nikhil Harry. And I think Harry is, if you can get him real late, I think he's, I think he's so worth it. I think he, in my opinion, they left him on IR as long as they did. I think he was hurt, obviously worse than they were letting on. But I also think this team wanted him real bad. They were gushing about him during the draft. And I think they were just super, super, super careful bringing him back. Um, I don't think he's there in any rush to bring him back. And I think they're planning on him being their guy for, for a little bit. And they're going to give him a chance this year to do that. So you're hearing me say chance, 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 chance in New England. Because I think looking at this team, I think their best shot at competing is giving these guys chances to do what they were brought here to do. So you got Nikhil Harry. He's a big dude. I think he's – I've seen 6'2 and 6'4 depending on – what you look up, but 228 seems to be his weight consistently. So either way, let's call it 6'3", 228. The guy's, he's a big dude. And Cam Newton, the last few receivers that he had were real successful, uh, were big receivers like that. Um, Kelvin Benjamin was a huge, massive receiver, like tight end size receiver, who put up a, two pretty damn good years with Cam Newton. And then Devin Funches put up a pretty decent wide receiver two year at 840 yards and eight touchdowns um, during the McCaffrey, you know, during McCaffrey time. So that's, they were running their t- offense all different when they had McCaffrey. And that was in 2017 when Cam had his last big year. Um, so based on how uh, Cam likes that style of receiver, and I think Nikhil Harry, they kind of, you know, handled it with kid gloves last year because they didn't want to just rush him in, especially being hurt. There's just no reason to, to, risk him um and i think they're gonna let him do his thing this season and i think there's a decent chance that he's gonna take a huge step forward um i think he can legit finish as a wide receiver two this season and watching some of his highlights i mean he has a couple of awesome touchdown catches from last season and the guy might be more talented than people are thinking that he is um and if him and cam can connect and and grow some sort of chemistry well, that might be a special thing, and you might see he might be, you know, there's there's potential that he is more of a wide receiver one than two. Um, I wouldn't bank on that. I wouldn't draft him as that, obviously. But if you can get him as your third wide receiver, that's kind of perfect. Um, I think he's he's gonna he's their guy. I think he's looking at this roster. 
you know, how I do my breakdown before the season is I just look at their depth chart right now. And it just sort of what makes sense to me from a football sense. I'm a fan of the game. Um, so I like the sport of football. So fantasy kind of comes, you know, second to that to me, even though I love fantasy. Um, but you look at on paper what this team is. I think Nikhil Harry's kind of a standout. Um, he has standout potential. And I think Cam Newton is exactly the kind of guy that can get him the ball. So this is an interesting situation in New England right now. Um, following Nikhil Harry, uh, we got to talk about Julian Edelman. I love Julian Edelman. We all respect this guy. Um, he's just been there every year. He's one of the toughest dudes in the sport. He had 153 targets last season, um, which is a shitload. But I don't see him getting that kind of work this year, especially because I think the overall passing numbers are going to come way down um, from Brady because you got, you're going from a quarterback who can only throw basically, you know, the, the joke, the meme of, uh, Brady being running like a, a baby giraffe that doesn't know how to run or something along those lines is, is accurate, right? He's, he's going to throw it almost every single play, right? Well, with cam cam can run and cam can throw. So, you know, maybe, he, maybe not like Brady, but he's got a great arm and, and he's accurate. So you'll, you'll see. This 153 targets is not going to be there for Julian Edelman this year. Um, but I do think he's probably going to be, he's got a chance to be the most targeted receiver on the team. Um, he'll be up, you know, him and, and and I think Harry will be the two most relevant guys on this team. Um, and then behind them is um, probably Mohamed Sanu is my guess, but I wouldn't draft him even in PPR league, to be honest with you. I don't know what his season's going to end up looking like. He's always been solid. Um, he was really solid in Atlanta, and now he's um, he had some good games last season, but with Brady, and that was when they were passing a lot more. So I don't think they're going to pass enough to be able to support three guys. Um, and I think Harry, I think they're going to give Harry a chance, at least in the beginning, the first half of the season, to be that guy that commands all those targets. Um, and I think Edelman will always be there. He's, you know, he's the guy that they, the, whole, the team leans on. So he'll be, he'll either be up there with Harry. They'll either have close, you know, one A one B type of situation, um, or it'll be Harry, and then uh, and then Edelman will, will have the next most targets. But other than that, I don't, I don't see um, really any other pass catcher on this team that you're going to probably want. Maybe James White. Um, you know, you you saw. I don't. I do. I'm not. I don't want to compare James White to Christian McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey's the best running back in the game, hands down, especially a receiving. Um, but I think James White can play that role. I don't know if he's going to do what McCaffrey can do with it, but um, he's going to play that type of role where I think he might be the next, he might catch the most passes next. Um, another thing to watch on the Patriots, I don't think this will be a thing this season. You don't want either one of these guys this season, but they did go out and draft two tight ends in this last draft, which to me is just screaming that they understand they have a deep hole at that position on their team right now um, with Devin Asiazi and Dalton Keene. One of them, in my opinion, will end up being the main pass-catching tight end by the year's end. I don't think that's going to be a valuable position, especially on your team in fantasy. I don't think you need to get either one of these guys. Um, but I think it's something to watch if you're in like a dynasty league or if you're in the, you know, like a keeper league where you get to keep more than one guy or, um, these will be guys to keep an eye on for the future. So you'll, you're going to want to watch both of these guys and see, 
um, you know, which one of them sort of rises to the top as that as that uh, that position because it's a historically important position for the Patriots. Um, and them drafting two rookie tight ends kind of shows I think they're trying to fill that hole. Um, when it comes to the run game, oh, I think it's just going to be an absolute shit show. Uh, you've got Sony Michelle, Brandon Bolden, James White, Rex Burkhead, and Damian Harris are probably all going to share this. Are all going to share this load? So now I will say I did preface this by they are probably going to run more, a lot more than they did. Uh, before with Cam back there. Um, and I think Sony Michelle, out of all these guys, he's the only one I would consider having on my team. Um, he hasn't really shown any sort of flash. I don't think he's all that awesome, but I do think he's going to lead the team in carries. And I think he might have a chance to have a little bit more carries than he's had before. Um, let's. I don't see the carry number, but he had 912 yards last season. I think it was 247 carries, I believe. Um, I could see him getting to 280 carries. Um, So I can see him surpassing 1,000 yards and 8-ish touchdowns is probably where he's going to tap out probably at that point, um, which will be his best season so far. Um, I don't think it's going to blow you away and you shouldn't be reaching for Sony Michelle, but I think he's a pretty solid guy as your third. If you can get him as your third running back, you're, you're going to be looking good. Um, a second if um, if you need him. I think he's you're probably looking at approximately 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns just because I think this team's going to be running a lot more than they usually do, and he's going to be the main beneficiary of that. Um Bolden is only just going to take carries away from everybody. He's not going to be worth putting on anybody's team. Uh, Rex Burkhead just took a pay cut to stay with the team. So I would only imagine that he's he always plays a, a, a role, a big role, probably not, not for your fantasy team, but he's going to be one of those guys who he takes carries away from everybody else. Uh, James White, we talked about already. I can see him um, – catching a lot of passes and being in there during certain situations, like a change of pace kind of guy. Um, I don't think he'll be as valuable as he was when Brady was there. So I wouldn't, I mean, maybe an RB three in a PPR league um, with potential for possibly more, depending on how they're going to, you know, how they're going to utilize him with a whole different scheme. Cause the thing with the Patriots is we're looking at a whole different scheme than they had before. Because uh, it's a whole new personnel set, and especially replacing the quarterback is especially a guy like Tom Brady. I mean, we're, this is it's hard to guess what they're going to look like. Um, but I wouldn't really bank on any one of these guys being all that valuable. If you're going to draft one, draft Sony Michelle as your third running back if you can, um, possibly second if you're a gambling man or a woman. Um, other than that, uh, oh, the so Damian Harris is someone we should mention he is like in my opinion he's kind of the dark horse to lead this team in carries i don't i don't as of right now so long as sony michelle's on track to come back from his foot injury which i think i read today that he's out of the walking boot already um so that's good news for him and probably for the team but if something ever happens to sony michelle um or he's not able to come back or he's has got some kind of setback with his surgery um damian harris is an interesting an interesting guy you probably will be able to get off waivers later on um there's a chance he becomes their their leader because like i said the rest of these guys 
you know, James White is a is a role player. Burkhead and Bolden just sort of are there to throw, in my opinion, throw the other team off and not really know what they're doing back there. So if Michelle gets hurt, Damian Harris will probably be the guy that replaces him. Um, and we only saw him carry the ball, I think, four times last year. So we don't really know what he's about. So he'd be an interesting one to watch and maybe pay attention to. And if you're super, super desperate at some point in the season, um, run out and grab him. The only thing with the Patriots is they typically separate the catching from the rushing and their running backs. So like Sony Michelle, I think had 19 catches in the last two seasons combined. Whereas James White had what 159 receptions in the last two seasons in the same span. So they play a role. They're a very role play heavy team. It's not like they don't really have a guy that does it all. Um, I don't know much about Damian Harris, but my guess would be he would replace the running of Sony Michelle in the case that Sony got hurt or if he has some kind of setback or he starts the year, um, you know, on IR or something like that. Um, the other, well, I guess one of the bigger actually fantasy aspects of this team is their defense. Um, they just destroyed last season, especially the first half. It was kind of insane how many points this defense was able to put up. I do not expect them to do the same thing. Um, that would just, I don't think that's even possible. I mean, it's possible. Obviously, everything's possible, but I don't i don't think it's a high likelihood whatsoever of them putting up those kind of numbers again. Um, but they are a type of team, they are a defense where, like I was saying before with the Bills, if you draft them with your last pick or your second to last pick and you just plug them in, you probably won't have to worry about replacing them um, all season, which is, I think, one of the better strategies you can do with the defense. Um, and if you don't get one of the high-end ones, you just kind of play by, you know, you just play the odds and the matchups. Um, every year and with that that concludes the AFC East Um, thank you for listening Uh, I'll try to put another one of these out next week talking about um, the next division that we will do I'll have to decide which one that will be Um, again visit my website thefantasytaproom.com for more uh, content I do I'm going to put up uh, like I said a more of an in-depth look at every single team in the division Uh, I'll try to do that before I put the podcast out so it all kind of comes out together Um, and you guys can check it out there and we will talk to you next time thanks so much like